You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Howdy and what's up? This is a fake teams podcast, the long two. I am Natty. He is Brandon. Brandon, what's up? What's up, dude? How are you, man? Uh, I'm, you know, a little bit more tired than when you last saw me earlier today. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Yeah, we had a good time yesterday. Got to hang out with the boys. Um, but now let's let's get into basketball. I agree. Um, so this is the, we are recording on Sunday night. Only one game has finished, uh, the Brooklyn Charlotte game. And that's lucky for us because we wanted to talk about Charlotte this week. So Brandon, why don't you lead us off? Um, well, first off, let's just say that, um, you know, I was really excited about Charlotte coming into the year for obvious reasons. For those of you who don't know, I'm a big fan of LaMelo Ball. Um, Lonzo Ball as well. Would love to see LiAngelo get a shot at some point. But uh, was expecting big things from LaMelo, and um, he's really delivering. He is doing a little bit of everything. Um, he's He came out opening night and put up big points. Uh, um, he's kind of stepped more into that kind of stuff, the stat sheet production role lately and he's giving you rebounds he's giving you assists he's giving you some steals he had a block tonight um so he's doing what it takes to win the game and um you know if you watch him he's just really unselfish he he had no problem deferring uh to Gordon Hayward in the other in the game the other night so he's he's doing it all and um you know I think that he's going to make a strong push for an all-star appearance this year I agree with all of that. I would like to add that he's also airballing real hard, real, real hard. I don't know if you caught all of that Brooklyn game today, and it was a lot of fun, but uh, LaMelo, there were some bad shots in this game. Let's let's just put it like that, but it's fine. Like, he's a sophomore, and um, they're 3-0, and Brandon. Yeah, I was going to say, they got the W, and it was – and it wasn't that close. Um, it was close for a while. Let's but, take know, it easy. Come on. In All the right. fourth quarter, it, it got a little ugly. So their three wins are the Pacers, legit. Cleveland, maybe legit, you know, like possibly. Uh, and the Nets, which is totally legit. Uh, after beating in, Brooklyn today. One and oh, two sorry, Nets, ahead. by the way. One and two yeah. Nets now, by the way. Yeah. And they just don't look really that great. But they have Kevin Durant and they have James Harden. So presumably things should improve. Yeah. Anyway, after beating the title favorite Brooklyn Nets today, the Hornets are fifth in the NBA in points per game, ninth in three-point percentage. They have the fifth highest pace. So they're running, running, running. And they have the eighth best net rating. So all of those are legit. Um Bridges is shooting 44% from three on six yeah, he, three-point attempts per game. And LaMelo's hitting incredible. 50% from three, even though he's airballed at least one. Uh, Fantasy-wise, they have two top 50 players, Bridges and LaMelo, three top 80, Gordon Hayward's in the top 80, and four top 100, Cody Martin, who's 26 years old, which kind of surprised me. Uh, but he's been coming off the bench and adding value to that team as well. Charlotte's next four games, and they are one of the teams that have four games in this upcoming fantasy period from Monday to Sunday. They are playing Boston, Orlando, Miami, and Portland. I think at least the Orlando game is a win. So then they'd be four and three at the end of the week. And I... I don't see why they wouldn't like Miami is going to be a tough defense for a young, a super young Charlotte team. But like 
Portland's defense, why can't they feast? You know, like I think you're going to get some really good production fantasy wise from the Hornets this coming week. Yeah, no, I mean, Miles Bridges has been absolutely incredible. Um, he game of even his if life he, today. Yeah, I mean, even if he doesn't score this way, you know, kind of going forward, you kind of figure his scoring should maybe settle in around the 15 to 20 point per game. Um, but, you know, maybe. he's still rebounding like crazy, and he's going to give you some defensive stats as well. He's, he's really good at getting steals. Um, disrupting passing lanes and and he's good for maybe a highlight block every night or every other game so I love Bridges I love LaMelo Um, you know I I do like Gordon we obviously know the risk there is injury Um, Mm -hmm. but I've I've always been a fan of Gordon I think you're a fan of Gordon Um, so you know I like all these guys and I think that they're going to get a million possessions so you know yeah they're going to they're going to put up shots yeah and it's for sure you know there's going to be rebounds and they, you know, because they play with energy on both ends of the court, James Borrego, their coach, is a really good coach, it seems like. Um, they're, they look impressive. You know, it doesn't just look like garbage. Um, Miles Bridges is a wing who can score, and he's a big dude, and he has a great NBA pro body. And, you know, I sort of wonder maybe – shit we've seen this before you know like someone all of a sudden is like actually i can score 20 like that's not a problem for me that's part of me um and a gordon hayward ball miles bridges trio is pretty nice on offense like that's very complimentary i i think so where do you see miles bridges is what's his ceiling for you as far as player ranking do you see him potentially breaking into that top 20 spot top 20 is so tough like that's so i think that means he's averaging 25 points a game or something like that um not necessarily with the way he's rebounding and 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 getting some stocks it's like he could he could be a top 20 guy and probably still be around 22 23 points a game i would say if he keeps efficiency up for sure like that that's what separates you from a top 20 to uh like a top 50 it's like uh, can you actually shoot 40% from three the entire season? Cause if you can, that's a real fucking dynamic weapon that you have at your disposal. Um, they look fantastic. I am. I, I still sort of feel like the right thing for them to do is to maybe make a trade that would move them back a little bit this season, you know, like, you can send PJ Washington and Gordon Hayward and try to get something else. Um, Mm -hmm. But they, I mean, they look like a playoff team to me, like not a good one, but like uh, enough to make it in the East for sure. They've looked much better than a bunch of the other teams. Yeah, for sure. So, um, all right. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I love the Hornets. I think you love the Hornets. Um, Any other guys that you're thinking about on that team? Well, you you know how I feel about PJ Washington. He, yeah, he was my boyfriend before Miles caught my eye. Miles is not my boyfriend. I just admire him from afar, um, <laughs> and I make fun of Lamelo Ball stands because it's funny to do that, even though he's scorching. He's so fucking good. Um. PJ hasn't looked great and I'm not going to give up on him, but I also sort of realize that he's a player that um, unless he makes some sort of a grand leap, like he's a player you can include in transactions. He's not someone that you can't trade. Like he should never be the reason you don't make a trade to make your team um, substantially better. But I still like having him on my team. I still think he has a lot of promise. It's the only other guy of the I'd, season. I won't freak. The only other guy I'd like to mention on that team is, uh, you know, if you're looking for someone to give you some assists, Ish Smith. Um, so right now, Former you know, he's Piston. not he's not playing a ton of minutes, <laughs> but he's getting about 20 minutes a game. Typical Ish Smith, in, as far as minutes, um, and he's you know he's been really hot and cold with the scoring, but uh, right now he's averaging eight points and six and a half assists. So if you need some assists. 
he's a guy that you can look to and he's going to, you know, be able to rack up a handful of assists with that second unit. And as a guy who's seen a lot of Ish Smith, when he does have a larger role, he's not bad. Like he's kind of solid. Um, So, you know, if there are any nights where like lamb ball is in foul trouble or, you know, is injured or just, you know, rest, whatever, um, you know, he's not, he's not the worst plug and play player in the whole world. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, that's um, damning with fran- faint praise. Like, he's totally fucking fine. <laughs> I shouldn't have been like, you know, if you're dying, I guess you'd rather <laughs> play him. If it's that and death. Anyway, um, so do you have any other thoughts on, quick thoughts on players over this first, you know, segment of games? Or, or thoughts about just the first week of fantasy? Um, well, there's a couple guys that, you know, have I've had my eye on that, you know, I think could be potentially due for um, a production uptick. And um, one of them is Harrison Barnes. Um, Harrison Barnes to me has always been a guy who's He's on Brandon's you know, team, by the way, just for comment. Yeah. He, he drafted him in our free agent draft this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about Harrison Barnes. Um, it sounds like, you know, I know I know you're not a huge fan of the no, 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 head coach. No, 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 no. I like Harrison. Oh, no, 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 okay. not, not Harrison. No, no, of the coach, uh, the coach in, in Sacramento right now, Luke Walton. But Luke Walton's on record saying that he wants Harrison Barnes to take eight threes a game. Um, Harrison Barnes, you know, has been a guy who can hit the three at a pretty high clip. He's a career 38% shooter and he's shot closer to 40% the last few years. So, um, you know, if he's going to continue to get seven or eight threes right now, he's averaging eight and a half threes. And he's, you know, he's shooting a ridiculous percentage from three right now. He's shooting over 50% and that's going to come down, but he's never shot more than uh, five threes in a game per game. So, you know, if he gets eight and a half, eight, seven and a half to eight and a half this year, I think he's a guy who could um, score, you know, 20 to maybe even a little bit more than 20 points a game. And so that's a guy that I'm looking at. Um, Another guy. Sorry, wait, I just have one thought on, on Harry Barnes. His, he's the sort of dude who's like, he's the definition of solid fantasy player. Like, yeah, you know what his floor is, you know, like he gives you this production no matter what. And you're right. If now he's going up to eight threes per game, like on purpose, this is part of the plan. You can sort of depend upon the the volume, then that raises his floor and it makes him a, a much more dependable player in terms of fantasy. So like, it's not sexy. No one's ever been excited about Harrison Barnes in their whole entire lives before Brandon just said that. Um, (laughs) But he's, he's basically like fantasy gold because you don't have to worry about him. You know, you just, he, you draft him and he's there and he's there for the whole year. And he does exactly what you hoped he would do. And if he's going to do more than that this year, then fucking great. That's awesome. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. And that's, that's my whole thing with Harrison Barnes is we know kind of what he's, what he does. He's not, he's pretty proven at this point. Um, he's not a guy that's going to you know blow you away, but if he's going to, if they're going to let him just let it go from three like that, I think he's, he's going to uh, kind of hit them at that 38 to 40% clip. And that's, that's a, that's a great formula for fantasy. Um, How old is he? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, I want to say 28. That's what I think too. He's 29. That's we were so close. Yeah, uh, yeah that's great. That's great. He has at least like five identical years in front of him. That's yeah. He's he's such a solid fucking fantasy dynasty player. You never yeah. have to worry about him. Um, now a younger guy, a real dynasty guy, um, is Evan Mobley, or as uh, your, your brother likes to call him tall Mamba. Uh, but he's, he surprised me a little bit. You know, I, I thought that yeah. he was a guy that had one of the highest ceilings in this draft class, but you know, he's come right out of the gate and shown that he, he's going to give you kind of that instant production. He looks like he's a guy who, 
um, is going to be able to score without you necessarily having to feed a lot of the offense through him. And um, he can score in a variety of different ways. Defensively, he's been a lot better than I thought. You know, he's averaging almost two and a half blocks a game right now. Um, and uh, he's hitting his free throws at 83%. Yeah. Um, he's getting Love to the that. line. And, um, you know, if he if he really stretches out that shot and he becomes a guy who can kind of, you know, score from all different points on the floor, you know, this guy could be kind of scary. Um, you know, he, he kind of reminds me of a Chris Bosch, but but with higher defensive upside. And, um, you know, I, I really like what I'm seeing out of Mobley. So the Cavs have played Memphis, Charlotte, and Atlanta, three other very young teams. Um, and so it's not like they're trash and Mobley has impressed. I'm with you. I'm sh- kind of shocked. Like he's, I-, I thought he was going to be a, you know, a big in the NBA who needed several years. Like he's not a project. It's just that like, he's basically, I mean, he's, you know, technically a child and like, the NBA is hard to learn, especially for defense. And that's harder for your, your impact when you're that tall is supposed to be in the post. He's been nothing but impressive. And that team is not as fucking shitty as I thought it would be. And, um, you know, he, like you said, he was supposed to have one of the highest ceilings in the draft. So if the Cavs actually hit on this, then that is uh, that's like the best news they've had since LeBron came back, really. Yeah, yeah. No, he looks good. He looks good. Um, but fuck the right. Cavaliers, go Pistons. <laughs> like I, yeah. I mean, I want him to be good, but that whole team is still stupid. Yeah, fair enough. And speaking of Cavs, one one other Cav that I think deserves a sure. shout out, Ricky Rubio. Um, yes. he's been good for guys, you know, he's owned right now in about on ESPN standard leagues in less than 40% of leagues. Um, but you know, 10 assists, 10 assists, eight assists, um, averaging about 16 points a game right now. You know, did he's he start the last game too. He did. He did. So he moved yeah. into the starting lineup and, you know, obviously that's not long-term what the Cavs are trying to do. Um, but you know, he's a veteran and he's going to, and if you're really focused on developing Mobley and this is Mobley and Rubio and is going to help kind of facilitate that development, you know, I look to him to be a guy who's, you know, going to be a a sneaky minutes guy probably for a while. Um, he may get traded at some point, but you know, I, I, I ride it while it's, while he's getting this production. Absolutely agree. Yeah. It's early in the season. You should find value where you can. And um, like if he is, if Rubio is going to start, then that means that the brain trust is like focusing on on Garland and Mobley. And Colin Sexton is coming off the bench and, uh, you know, might get traded. And, you know, then we have all these other front court dudes, but whatever, like, but that's what they should do. Those are the two most talented players on their team. And, and, you know, is, you know, Colin Sexton can do a lot of things offensively, but, you know, some of the metrics have him as one of the worst defensive players of the last like five years. So um, (laughs) there's, there's there's a few reasons why, you know, you might want to consider Rubio, but yeah. Those are a few guys, few guys I'm just, I'd like, I wanted to point out because I think uh, there's a story there that, you know, you need to kind of understand when you're evaluating these guys beyond just looking at the numbers. For sure. Um, The minutes in fantasy basketball are like water. They make everything else grow and recognizing the patterns of minutes per game and shots per game is super important in fantasy basketball. And so when you can identify patterns early in the season, and just sort of like understand that they make sense. Like, obviously they're going to give Evan Mobley every fucking chance that they possibly can to be good. That's a long leash. So even if he has his ups and downs, you can be pretty reliant on his at least minutes volume, you know, like Mm -hmm. he's not going to drop down to like playing 11 minutes a game, you know? Exactly. Yep. 
Okay, so speaking of volume, let's move on to our next segment. We are each going to give a player edition for you to stream this week based on these two criteria. There are 17 teams in the NBA this week that are playing four games. Every other team is playing less than that. So we are focusing on volume for these streamers. We looked at their upcoming schedule. We're hoping that the minutes compensate for any kind of inefficiencies and ratios or, you know, lower minutes played. So if you're in a weekly league and you're looking for a dude that you can plug in, that's sort of available, these might be two of them. Brandon, why don't you start us off? Sure. Um, So, you know, there's a guy I mentioned last week as a guy who's owned in less than 20% of leagues. And um, he just so happens to play four games this week. And that's Daniel Gafford. Um, you know, the last couple games, he's been kind of quiet on the scoring side, eight points. Um, but where he's really adding a lot of value right now is in the stocks. He has eight stocks, uh, yeah. six blocks, two steals in the last two games. Um, he's rebounding a little bit. So that's a guy um, that, I'm, that I'm looking at as well, just for the fact that they play four games this week. And he did well last year. You know, like it's yeah. not out of the blue. Like he he impressed last year for sure. Yeah. Um, what about you? So this is a Carmelo Stanthony podcast, as everybody <laughs> knows. This is the yes. long two we love ourselves a mellow. See, I love the original mellow, Carmelo, and Brandon loves La Mello. So we're just no, very I, excited I love about Carmelo mellows too. here. No, no, I'm a Carmelo guy too. And Carmelo, speaking of Carmelo, he's got some cool uh, Air Jordan 1 Carmelo special edition. Um, they're like Maryland crab themed shoes for, for oh, shit, Balt- like old bays uh, all over them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they look kind of cool. So shout out to Carmelo. That's so funny. That's great, dude. I do like Old Bay a lot. I do too. Okay. Carmelo Anthony, a Los Angeles Laker, plays four games the Lakers do this week. They are playing at the Spurs, at the Thunder, home for Cleveland, home for Houston. First things first, the Lakers better better win those fucking games. Like they better go like three and one. That's that's a nice fucking weekly schedule for you. Um Mello, who is 30% rostered, he's averaging 12 points per game, four boards per game, three three pointers made. He has the fifth most total minutes. <laughs> through the first couple of games for the Lakers. I think that sort of tells you everything you need to know. He's playing a lot. He has the fourth most field goal attempts per game for the Lakers. He's shooting a lot. Um, we sort of didn't mention last week, and we don't really talk about it, but like Melo's played with Russ before. They played together in Oklahoma City. Like mm-hmm. there's a world where he, where Carmelo and Russ maybe sort of like run the second unit and it's like, that's their time to shine in which case they're playing off each other. And that did work pretty well, you know, for a season at least, and at least they know each other and they know how to play with each other. I think that the Lakers in order to withstand this, these early, um, this early rash of injuries that they're dealing with in their backcourt with their guards. I just think it means that Carmelo is going to be asked to score. You know, like, just be out there, be more length. Like, even though he's not good at defense, he's still more length. And, like, what else can the Lakers do except play him, really? Yeah, and he's scoring. I mean, you know, he's yeah. he's doing – you know Carmelo's going to get a bucket. So, you know, it's that's always easy to just rely on that. And he's getting rebounds, and he's going to give you, like you said, three three-pointers a game is pretty nice. Yeah, like, there's – you might as well ride yeah. it. It's just that yeah. he's widely available and um, they need him, you know, until like mm-hmm. they're until their backcourt gets healthy. And this is also a week for them to feast. Like this could be a week where like maybe Anthony Davis doesn't need to play as many minutes, you know? So anyway, those are two volume plays for the coming week, four games for each player. We're going to take an ad break real quick, and we'll be right back. 
We are back. Okay. This segment we're calling Challenge Game for every podcast going forward, and we're going to go week to week. One of us is going to challenge the other to watch a game in the upcoming week. Now, this could be brutal or it could be wonderful, depending on what occurs. I am giving Brandon a gift. I'm going first, so I'm offering him the challenge. He needs to watch this game. The game I'm giving him is Orlando Magic at the Detroit Pistons on Saturday night, October 30th, the day before Halloween. These are two young dynamite teams. The whole country is excited to see what happens to them. Uh, I will say this in all seriousness. It's two of the coolest, like, uniform matchups possible in the NBA. Like, especially if, like, Orlando, if they wear their old school unis. Like, I just love those so much. Like, the Shaq era ones are great. Uh, It's true. They do have a lot of great uniforms. So, you are going to have to watch this game or at least try to follow along and watch as many highlights as possible. So let me give you a few numbers before you get your thoughts. Um, Detroit does not look good. That's my first (laughs) thought. They don't look good at all. Now, Cade Cunningham, the number one pick in the rookie draft is, has not played yet. Um, Killian Hayes, our high pick point guard from last year, hasn't looked great. We no, wait, averaging... wait. Let me stop you. Hold Go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Is Kate, will Cade Cunningham be back for this game? I I don't know. We, Is we he don't expected know. to be back? Do we know? The last time I saw – the last time I spoke with Troy, the GM of the Detroit Pistons, who has done a fantastic job, by the way. Like, he's turned over the whole roster, basically. Um he said, you know, it's a tricky thing and we're not going to rush him back. So I think that Cade's practicing with the G League and I kind of feel like the Pistons don't really need to be hasty. So this is next weekend. It would be nice if Cade is back, but if there's even like a little setback, I think they'll just sit him. Okay, makes sense. Because it's like an anchor, you know, and it's like, all right, maybe you just need two weeks off. Let's be safe. Who cares? Okay. Understood. So the Pistons are averaging the fewest points per game in the National Basketball Association. I don't know if you knew that, Brandon. Uh, They have the fifth worst point differential overall. These games have not been fun to watch. It's been a little brutal. The Pistons can't shoot anything. Uh, Sadiq Bey has looked good. Um, he's looked much, much better. He's 57% rostered in ESPN leagues. If he's available in your league, you should pick him up because he's yeah. just going to get better and better. The Orlando Magic, who are also 0-2, they're playing the Knicks tonight. I don't know how that game is going right now. They have averaged the fourth fewest points per game in the NBA, and they have the second worst point differential, but... They do have interesting fantasy players on their team, including Mo Bamba, who is 53% rostered. He's in a contract year, Uh, 16-plus points per game, seven boards per game, two dimes, a steal, three blocks per game. That's pretty good. He was three for five from three against the Knicks in their second game. Franz Wagner, their rookie pick from this year, Go Blue, who is 8% owned. He's averaging 14 points and four rebounds. Uh, He's their minutes per game leader right now. He's averaging the most minutes for the Magic. That seems, if that holds, you should pick him up just because you get volume. And uh, let's see, Jalen Suggs, who's their real rookie, and he's 83% rostered. But he went for 14, 7, and 8 against the Knicks. That's for real because the Knicks have a good defense. And then Cole Anthony, who's doing well from what I saw earlier tonight against the Knicks, he's 17% rostered, and he's averaging 10 and 5. So this is a bad team, but with good fantasy production. And you could arguably sit, like if Mo Bamba's going to do this all year, he should be at least 80% rostered. Um, If Franz Wagner is going to get these minutes all year, he should be at least 20% rostered. And Jalen Suggs, I mean, he's already 80 plus, so... Um, but they're, 
I feel like there's more fantasy interest in the Magic roster than there is in the Detroit roster. Um, yeah, so this is an interesting game from fantasy perspective. Uh, like you said, Mo Bamba looks like a do-it-all guy. Like he's starting to kind of become the player we thought he'd be coming out of the draft. A guy who is a unicorn, um, but can also potentially, you know, rebound as well and, and kind of play in that traditional big man role. Um, another guy, a veteran on the Magic that, you know, if you're looking for threes and you're looking for points, Terrence Ross. Um, nothing crazy, uh, but, you know, 12 to 15 points, um, you know, he's going to hit some threes and he might get you a couple assists and, and a couple rebounds. Um, on the Detroit side, I mean, I do like I, you know, I really like B. Stu. Isaiah Stewart is a guy who I think is going to give you, you know, he's going to hit some, he's going to be able to hit a couple threes um, and block some shots. So anytime you can get that combination in a player, I always find a lot of value in guys like that. Um, Sadiq Bay, as you mentioned, um, Sadiq is a guy who I think, you know, where he's really going to kind of continue to come into his own throughout this season and, and even into next year. So that's a guy that I like in dynasty leagues. Um, I also like him for redraft leagues. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. You know, if you give him, if you give him an opportunity, um, you know, we'll see, you know, what he can do as far as a consistent scoring uh, threat. But, um, you know, I, I do love Sadiq. Uh, Jeremy Grant, another guy who, you know, we kind of know what he's going to produce, but uh, a sneak, a sleeper, um, you know, at the four or five spot, Kelly Olenek, um, look for him to, to, you know, give you kind of consistent veteran production as well. If you're looking for someone um, to kind of give you some rebounding and maybe some three points, three pointers, um, Kelly Olenek is always a guy who, um, you know, is kind of available more than he should be every year. Right now he's owned in 32% of leagues. So, um you know, that's a guy who, if he, if his minutes kind of creep up um, throughout the year, you could see him putting up pretty solid production. And Detroit has four games this week. So if you feel like any of those players that were just mentioned are worth your time, they should be getting volume this week as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel bad that I don't talk about Jeremy enough. He is a full on, like we were, we almost got married when he was in Denver. <laughs> we were real, real yeah. close. And and I didn't really like that he came to the Pistons because I thought he could do better, (laughs) to be honest with you. Like, yeah, little bittersweet about it because I love him so much. But I was like, you you don't want to do this here, man. Like, but he's so young. Um, And, you know, if maybe he's like Freddie Freeman, you know, he's willing to wait for the rebuild because he believes uh, and he gets to be the face of the franchise. So God bless, Jeremy. I love you. All right. We're going to move on to more ads to end the podcast we're each going to give a couple uh one of them will just be any player who is under 20 percent rostered meaning that they are available in 80 percent of vspn leagues and then uh the other addition we're going to suggest is just for dynasties you know maybe they're not doing that well to start off the season but we still believe in them uh, maybe we think they have good opportunity in the near future. Maybe we just think that they kick fucking ass like Devin Vassell, who is definitely looking great, and I love him. Anyway, Brandon, why don't you give us uh, a player under 20% rostered? Sure. Um, so one of the guys that I like um, is DeAndre Melton um, on the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, he's yeah. a guy who... I'm sorry, DeAnthony Melton um, on the Memphis Grizzlies. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that, um, you know, he could have, he could be spotty. He could have some highs and some lows, but he's a guy who kind of seems like a poor man's version of like a Russell Westbrook, a guy who's just got crazy athleticism and energy who can kind of like give you a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So um, in his last Last game, he had seven, 22.7 rebounds, a couple assists. Um, he's a guy that I like out there. He's a, he's a guy who's going to get a lot of minutes in the second unit, but he can play with John Moran as well. And, you know, totally. if you watch enough, you watch enough Grizzly 
uh, if you see enough Grizzly highlights, you're going to see John Morant throwing him a lob at some point. And, um, you know, he's a guy that's owned right now in under 16% of, uh, of leagues that's on the ESPN. So that's yeah. so low. I can't so, believe it. And like you said, you know, you said earlier, minutes are kind of the key. Um, he's averaging 32 minutes right now. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks is out. Dylan Brooks is another guy that I, I like as well. Um, but he's out Total right now. So sure. as, yeah. as long as, as long as Brooks is out, um, I like Melton to get pretty consistent minutes and have an opportunity to give you some pretty good production. Dude. And if they're both on the waiver and you have an open IR spot, you pick up both of them. You agreed that gentleman and then you ride his colleague. Um, and yeah. we both that team a lot too yeah we do okay my first player actually i'm gonna slip one in real fast uh since you got an ir1 as well mr victor oladipo a former boyfriend of mine is let me just make sure i'm reading this right 15.6 percent rostered Mm -hmm. i get it he's out injured and he's not coming back before november but if he comes back in early or mid-November and he's even approximating his old Depot self, like if he's, you know, 70-80% of old Depot, that's the very definition of a fantasy stash. That's what you are hoping for. You cannot hope for a Kevin Durant situation where he comes back and it's like, oh, you're sort of better or like when Giannis hyperextended his knee in the playoffs last year and and was better after it. Like that's you can't expect stuff like that. Depot has had a lot of injuries in his career, but when he's good, he is sensational. Um, and he would be a big upgrade for the Miami Heat. But my actual ad for a player who is under twenty percent rostered is Mr. Cam Reddish of the Atlanta Hawks, who comes off the bench. Mm-hmm. Okay, Cam is averaging 19 and 4 and three three-pointers made per game. He is the second leading scorer on the Atlanta Hawks behind Trey Young. I doubt people know that. He has the second highest field goal attempts per game on the Atlanta Hawks. I doubt people know that. Uh he's shooting 48% from the floor so far. Atlanta plays four games this week. Detroit, New Orleans, Washington, and the Sixers. Now, the Sixers is legit defense. Obviously, Washington is maybe a solid team. But the Pistons defense and the Pelicans (laughs) are not good. That's I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. But they're not good. And Cam Reddish is actually the second leading point getter on the fucking Hawks. He should be owned yeah. so, so, so much more. Just like you're suggesting. Like it's it's fucking crazy he's not owned more, but it's because like people don't know. And yeah, also Cam, you know like he's not the focus of the team right now. Yeah, Cam Reddish is an absolute microwave. Like that guy comes in and in like 17 or 18 minutes he can have 20 points. Um yeah. he if you watch them play, like when he's on the floor, it's like he he's kind of like an alpha out there. Like he even with Trey on the floor, he is looking yeah. to score and he is good at scoring and he can do it in so many different ways. I mean, he he's a good shooter, um, but he can really get to the basket and he's a bigger guy than you realize. So he's yes. actually he's actually pretty good um, down low when when he ends up, you know, get if someone meets him at the basket, he can finish. Um, I, I'm really high on Cam Reddish and if he ever gets, you know, high twenties, you know, or 30 minutes a game. Wow. Right. And Atlanta is so deep that like, maybe that doesn't occur this year. Having said that he's still like the dude who's getting the second most shots on the fucking team so far. He's like him and RJ Barrett, I think are pretty, are, are similar in that we can sort of see their, what their optimum should look like. And Mm -hmm. it's just incredible two-way players who can score 20 a game and provide, you know, really solid defense on the perimeter. Yeah. And RJ. Yeah, quick to, 
quick tidbit about that. When they all got to, when Zion, RJ, and Reddish all got to Duke, the early reports were that Reddish was, was the best guy. Right. Right. Yeah. It is, like all of these guys, I mean, it's Duke, so whatever, but like they, they have pedigree. Um, they've each had their own difficulties in different ways, which has been interesting, you know, like they've each, they've each, uh, had adversity early on. Um, but RJ and Cam are looking better. Their arrow is trending up for sure. I don't know. I mean, Zion, we will have to wait. We'll have to, wait till we'll we have can... to see. Yeah. Well. But you, hey, people forget, man, like Joel Embiid's first two seasons didn't see mm-hmm. him. Ben Simmons' first season didn't see him. Like people miss years early on in their career. It's totally fine. Uh, and we don't even remember it five years later, you know? So like hopefully – uh, this is just a passing thing for Zion. Yeah. Uh, anyway, did you have any uh, other players under 20% ads? Do you have any other suggestions? Uh, just, I, I was going to go into my dynasty pickup, sure. if you're ready. So yeah, my dynasty, my dynasty pickup, um, this is a guy that's owned in less than 2% of leagues and it's Emmanuel oh, quickly. Um, Emmanuel quickly right now is kind of buried on the depth chart with the combination of Kemba Walker and D Rose, uh, for the and, Knicks and, at the point you know, guard their coach who <laughs> just won't yeah. play the man. Yeah. Um, but at some point, um, you know, both of those guys have been known for injuries, especially as of recent and, you know, his time's going to come, um, long-term, you know, D Rose and Tibbs obviously have a great relationship, but he's getting towards the, you know, the kind of latter part of his career. I would say Emmanuel quickly is going to be the future in New York at the point guard position eventually. Um, And this guy is really good. Um, He is going to be in a system where, you know, he has a lot of willing passers around him uh, with Julius Randle, um, and even RJ Barrett. Um, so, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to score the basketball, but is also be able to kind of facilitate in that pick and roll with Randall. Um, I, I like him long-term, you know, I don't think that he'll necessarily produce anytime, uh, soon, um, because of Tibbs and because of, like you said, they have those two veterans in front of him, but long-term and in dynasty leagues, I, I really like Emmanuel quickly. We're on the same page on that one. I actually think that the best outcome for him in the near future is that he gets traded. I'm hoping that the Knicks package him with somebody else on their team, maybe Obi Toppin or not even Kevin Knox, like something like that. And he gets to go to a place where he doesn't have to wait for veterans to like get out of his way. Like he'll immediately have at least, you know, the sixth man role. Yeah. But we'll see. It's like we're only three games into the season. Okay, my dynasty picks. I have two again. Sorry about that. Just going to slip a quick one in and then do my real one. The starting point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers is Tyrese Maxey. It's not Ben Simmons. It's Tyrese Maxey. He is 27% rostered. That's not acceptable, y'all. That is not acceptable. That is not at all. a fantasy basketball error. You're hurting yourselves, and we don't like to see it. He is the starting point guard. He's also that's that's not even a dynasty old. pick. That's not even a dynasty pick, guys. Right. Totally. That's literally just uh, you just have to pick this guy up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pick up the dude who starts. Who's the point? The starting point guard for Embiid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you should have that, dude. Also, he has no competition right now because Shake Milton is injured. So, like, he mm-hmm. – and I don't know if he has point guard eligibility yet, but he will within, like, two games. So, yeah. um, he should just be rostered way more. If he's on your waiver and he's not on your team, then you better only have, like, seven players on your team. It should be – Yeah, he's averaging 35 minutes a game. So, anyone who's putting getting minutes real, like man. that, you pick them up especially when they're fucking 21 years old or whatever, like get out of here, man. Yeah. Anyway, that pissed me off. Um, 
I have my next guy. I want to know if you know this because you were talking about the team earlier. Who is averaging the second most shot attempts on Memphis? Um, Bane. Desmond, born in the darkness, Bane. You're goddamn right. Mr. Desmond Bane, whose name is so fucking bitchin', is 13.7% rostered. He's averaging 20-plus points per game, 4-plus boards, 2-plus dimes, a steal per game. He's taking eight threes per game and hitting them at a 37.5 three-point percentage. He's averaging the fourth most minutes. Which is down. Down for him. He shot exactly. 43, 43% last year. Yeah, that that will go. I mean, it's it's down that much because of how many threes he's taking. So, like, yeah. we mentioned, you know, guys that are taking eight threes a game earlier in the pod. This is another one of them. Desmond Bain exists to provide spacing for Ja Morant. That is his cosmic destiny as long as he is on this team. And they're treating him like it. I mean, second most field goal attempts on your team is for real. That's by design. That doesn't just fucking happen. Um, He costs nothing to acquire. Like, if you – I think what they want Bain to be – I mean, everybody wants everyone to be a two-way player, but he's probably going to turn into some sort of analog of a sniper. Um, And – those guys constantly end up top 75 at the end of the year in fantasy. So if he's getting the minutes and he's getting the shots and he has the ratios, I really don't see why you would not want him on your team. Like that's the sort of dude that helps you win a league. Yeah. And I mean, even last year um, in only 22 minutes, he still was averaging three rebounds um, and, you know, more than half an assist. So, you know, you figure if this guy is going to score the clip that it looks like he has the potential to, he still gives you a handful of rebounds, a couple assists, and maybe a steal. You know, so it's not like a guy at all he does is shoot, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, Bain, um, you know, another guy on that Memphis roster that, you know, we like. They've got a lot of young talent on that team. And they're interchangeable complementary parts. Like it's not it like no one really seems redundant. Like they all sort of make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I really like how that team is put together. Um there's Yeah, yeah if you've I, been listening I, to us guys, we 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 really like Bane on this team, on this uh on this podcast. So uh yeah, no agreed. Because the geometry of when you have a guy like Ja Morant, who you think can be like a full-on face of a franchise, but he's deficient in one area, and that happens to be the perimeter, you just have to – it's like you know early LeBron. like You have to surround him with shooters because that you have to give him the space for him to drive and be his most effective. Otherwise, you're wasting him. Like That's all you're doing. You're just wasting him. So uh, Memphis did that. Like – they're Ja and 3J are the two most important players, but Desmond Bain is maybe one of the most um, important, influential towards those two guys' development. Like, if he gets better, mm-hmm. that will make it easier for the other two. Yep. Agreed. All right. Do you have any uh, other ads or any other thoughts for the coming week? Anything about uh, basketball in general you dug this week? Um, you know, I've just, I've really liked what I've seen as far as, um, a lot of these young guys kind of taking the next step. And, um, you know, what I've seen also is several young guys playing more defense. Like I, you know, saw Luca the other night really start to lock down. Um, I'm seeing John Morant play some defense. I'm seeing guys like really take it serious on both ends. And I like what I'm seeing from these, from this, you know, these young guys, this group of players in that. 21 to 25 year old range um and i think you know these kids are they're just they were so ahead offensively coming in that now they're starting to work on the defensive side and it's just going to be really fun yeah it's almost like the analytics revolution in basketball like prepared them offensively for the pros 
and now they only sort of have to like work on defense. I mean, that's simplifying it. And obviously they're working on everything at the same time, but like there's, there isn't really anything that can prepare you for defensive sets in the NBA, you know, Mm -hmm. before you see them, like you need the game time speed, you know, that's why preseason doesn't matter. That's why G league does like, you need to be able to uh, actually see it firsthand and be within it. But the scoring, like these guys know where they're good. They know where they want to be. The court vision, I think overall in the NBA is better than it's been in a long time. Like, yeah, Almost everyone, like there are a few dudes that can't pass. Like Kristaps Porzingis sucks, you know. Like there, like there are some dudes that just like you, you are bad at it. But for the most part, I think it's been elevated. Like more guys and are comfortable with ball movement. Yeah, and well, with the with the floor space, you know, it it makes it a little easier to identify sure. right when when guys are literally, you know. 15 feet apart um you know it kind of helps um but yeah agreed no i think uh you know players are are all becoming they're you know it's not enough to just be a guy who can score you have to be able to be a playmaker now so we're seeing that from it used to be you had one good playmaker now good teams have three so totally um yeah I just want to say one more thing when i was watching the brooklyn game today I liked seeing Bruce Brown was in the game and that he was playing the angles and he got a nice secret dunker spot pass from Harden and fucking drove it home. And it was just so great to see because like the reason Bruce Brown was so effective last year was because no one paid attention to him. Cause it's like, Oh, a little guy who's wandering in the paint, like he'll move somewhere yeah. else. And he just doesn't. <laughs> and so he stymies the defense and it's happened again. Like it's, it's such a curveball. And even though the defenses should know it, like you should stay home on Bruce Brown, especially when he's going towards the basket. It's just like they, for some reason it, it boggles people. Like he was literally just left alone in the paint while Harden's at the top of the key. And it's like, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to, there's no one yeah. around. Him. Yeah. It was just funny. It was like, that's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah, Bruce Brown, I think he'll end up playing more, you know, throughout the season. They fucking need him to cuz they don't look good. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to the Long Two podcast. Make sure to read all the content on faketeams.com. There's a bunch of great football and hockey and some basketball stuff, and we will be back with you next week. Brandon, enjoy that Pistons Magic game. And Can't I can't wait. Born ready, like the eighth grader. All right. Have a good week, y'all. Bye. Later. <laughs>